Well, we're starting our new series, 21 Days of Prayer. And it's a great way for us to get to, um, to start the year. It's a great way for us to, be, to get involved with what God is doing. And because, let's be honest, God doesn't need our prayers. Think about it. He doesn't need our prayers. He doesn't, doesn't need them at all. But we've got to understand something about, then why do we pray? Then we've got to understand something about God. See, God is a personal being. He's a personal being. He's a, he's a person that we can have relationship with. That's who God is. If he was impersonal, then what's the point of praying? In fact, the Bible tells us that God is love. God loves us. Not only is he a personal being, but God loves us. And because God loves us, he wants the best for, for our lives. And, he, and prayer is a great way for us to get involved with what God is doing. Isn't it so true? So 21 days of prayer. In fact, if you, if you, um, I've, I've started, we've started a new um, 21 days of prayer Bible devotion plan. If you want to be part of that, just go to our, um, uh, our Facebook page and you can click into it and you can be part of the process as well. Because if you haven't got a, a Bible plan, a habit or praying or devotional time, let this be an opportunity or a catalyst for you to begin to grow in your faith. Because, you know, to grow in your faith means that, that your relationship with God is growing because a healthy relationship is meant to grow. If it's not growing, if your relationship with God isn't growing, there's something wrong with it. If the only time you grow in God is when you come here on a Sunday morning, uh, if that's the only time you grow, and, but it doesn't grow every other day, there's something wrong with your faith. So let this be a catalyst to launch yourselves into 21 days of prayer. Amen. Well, I remember uh, years ago when um, my girls were younger, like um, when Rayla was only five years old. She's 13 now. She's about to turn 14. She's hiding somewhere. And uh, she's, she's actually, hey, Rayla, she's way in the back. Wave your hands. I don't want to embarrass my kids right now. And Rayla was five and Alina was seven. She's Alina's 16 now. And I remember they come up to me and they were, they were asking and they were bugging me because it was Guy Fawkes. And they wanted to know when we were going to start. And like, I was doing something super spiritual, sitting on my kitchen table, working on my youth message. Okay, I was doing youth, but on message prep. Okay, and they keep bugging me, and I just keep saying what every other parent say is soon. We're going to start soon. Go away. We're going to start soon. And so they'll go away, and then they keep coming back, and they keep bugging me. It was almost dark, and I said, look, when it gets dark, we'll start. And they go, Dad, it's dark. It's almost dark. And they go, okay, we'll start soon. They run outside, and then... I can hear them kind of like, kind of being sad, and they come inside, and they say to me, Dad, Dad, it's raining. And I'm like, so I said to them, so go to your room and pray. Now, the reason why I told them this is not because I wanted to teach something spiritual or because I felt very spiritual at that time. I told them this because I wanted to get rid of them so I can finish off my word. They're just annoying me. So go to your rooms and pray that it will stop raining. So then they go to their rooms. I'm back on my message prep, preparing my message. Uh, it was so long ago, you get to write them out like this. You remember pen and paper? Maybe you remember those days. Okay. Um, and so the kids, they come running back after praying, and they run outside, and I'm in my, in my prep. And then I can hear them say, I can hear them say, it's still raining. God didn't listen to our prayers. God didn't listen. Now at that point, they got my attention. Up until that point, I was so engrossed in my message. But when I heard my, my girls being sad and disappointed, it got my attention. So they come running back in and goes, Dad, it's still raining. God didn't hear our prayers. I said, so I said to them, tell you what, go back to your rooms, pray again. And when they, they left to go to the room, they started praying. Now, this time I got, I, got, I got involved. I get involved in the prayer right there at the kitchen table. I'm praying. 
They got my attention. They said, God, you've got my attention. And I said, sorry, Lord. Sorry for the way that I've acted towards my children. Lord, forgive me. Lord, I just pray, may it stop raining. Maybe not for my sake, maybe for my children's sake. But Lord, I just pray, may it stop raining. So we can have guy folks together. The girls come running down the hallway. They run outside and they walk outside and it's pouring down with rain. No, it's not. It wasn't that. It wasn't that. Uh, they come outside and it, was, and it stopped raining. And they go, hey, and they started yelling, God, listen to our prayers. And so we went out and we had fireworks. See, God is a, is a personal being. He's, he, he wants to have a relationship with you. He wants the best for you. He loves you. God is love. And he wants to have a relationship with you and he's for you and he's not against you. Isn't that, isn't that so true? And so when I, when I looked at 20... 19, and, and, and knowing that we're going like, to, let's get into a time of prayer, that God's for us. Like for many of us, 2019 is a new season. For some of you, you're, you're, starting, you're starting university for the very first time, or starting WinTech, or some kind of education for the very first time. Or for some of you, you just, just bought a new house, or maybe you've moved into a new house, or maybe you've just, you've just had a baby. Or, or uh, there's something new on the horizon for you, whatever it is. I don't know what it is. Maybe you bought a new TV. I don't know. So there's something new on the horizon. And, and it's one thing to know what's ahead. It's another, another thing to be prepared for it. Because many of us think that because we, I know what's ahead of me, therefore I'm prepared for it. But we've got to understand that, that to, to know and to be prepared, uh, it's not connected. It's not true. It's not true at all. Just because you know. You, you've ever, ever, ever met somebody, they've, they've never had a baby before? They're really, really excited. I, mean, I can't wait till my baby's born. And you just, after you've had a, yeah, you've had a baby or a couple of kids, and you start laughing, like, you have no idea. <laughs> they go, oh, congratulations. You have no idea. Say goodbye to your sleep. And you, yeah, no, nah, just kidding. Uh, it is great. Um, in fact, um, if you're having a baby, man, it's, I'm excited for you. It's going to be so good. You're going to love it. It is great. It's one of the best things I ever had. I've served my time. My kids have grown up. And anyway, it is the, one of the best things ever. You have no idea. But anyway... It's one thing, we, we think because we know what's coming, we think we're better prepared. And, and, and how do I know this is true? How many, how many people that you know have, have, when it came to preparing their wedding, they spent so much time in preparing their wedding. Some people, they plan like, or I don't know if this is true, but I hear that for, for, for ladies, you start planning for your, for your wedding even before you have a partner. I hear that. I hear that. that you, you start planning now, like you plan, started planning when you're five years old. You're planning for your wedding. And so, uh, but for a lot of you, you plan so well for it. And then you go to a wedding. Has anybody ever been to an ugly wedding before? No, most of us, we haven't. You go, wow, this is an ugly wedding. This, you know, not, most of us haven't been to an ugly wedding. Maybe, maybe if, the, if it was like arranged over a week or a shotgun wedding, you're marrying my daughter. <laughs> okay, okay maybe, maybe then. But most of us, we've never been to an ugly wedding. But how many of us have seen an ugly marriage? How many of us have seen an ugly marriage? Right? Just because we know what's coming ahead does not mean that we're prepared for it. And we just assume that we're prepared for it. We work so hard on preparing the wedding that we don't, we don't spend any time on preparing our marriage or working on our marriage. So today I want us to, I want to teach you a prayer. And this prayer is to help us to be, to be prepared. If you're looking for a subtitle to this message, it's, it's simply this, do something. Do something. Turn to the person next to you and say, do something. Take me for lunch. Do something. 
Okay, there you go. Do something. And I want to teach you a prayer that will help us be prepared. Be prepared. So if you've got your Bibles, turn with me to Proverbs chapter 27, verse uh, verse 12. Proverbs chapter 27, verse 12. And, and, And this prayer is based upon this verse. This verse says this, the prudent see danger and take refuge. But the simple, the simple keep going and pay the penalty. Okay, now this verse was written by King Solomon. Now King Solomon, um, King Solomon, the Bible tells us, is the the wisest man that was ever born. And then Jesus came, okay? I I just want to add that in there. The King Solomon just came, someone said, well, Jesus was the wisest. Have you ever met somebody, have you ever said to somebody, do you know anybody who's never sinned before? They go, Jesus? I go, I know Jesus, but do you know anybody else who's never sinned before? Yeah. Well, King Solomon was the wisest man that had ever walked the earth. He was the wisest man, but also in my opinion, he was also the dumbest man that ever walked the earth. Okay, he was the wisest and the dumbest. And how do, we know, how do we know that? Is when you look at his life, when you look at all the great advice that he's given in Proverbs, you know, he never applied it to his own life. He had all these great ideas. So it's one thing to know what to do, but it's another thing to do something about it. It's one thing to know what to do. It's another thing to do something about it. So he's the wisest and the dumbest man. Is that, it's, kind of like, it's, it's almost like an oxymoron, right? This kind of, it's, it's an antithesis, right? It's, it's, the, it's the, the exact opposite. Okay, yeah, someone came and Googled and gave me this, this word, antithesis. Thank you, uh, Gavin, appreciate it. Everybody's going, well, answer really on to it. Because in the first service I asked, does anybody know what that's called? And then Gavin gave me the word antithesis. Look that up. Do something. Look it up. <laughs> He was the wisest and the dumbest man. You know, have you ever met people who are, they, they're so wise when it comes to their business, but they're so dumb in other areas of their life? They're so wise in so many things, but why are you so dumb in this area? Or some people, they're really good at giving relational advice. They're really great with relationship. They can give you like, you know, let me help you with your marriage. Let me help. But when it comes to their own marriage, their own relational life, they're a wreck. You, you know, and why? Because they don't take their own advice. You know how you can help somebody? If you're going through something, you know how you can help yourself? You, you, you go and help, you go tell somebody else and tell them how they, what they need to do because you already know the answer. I'm so stuck in my finances, I just don't know what to do. Go advise someone else what they should do with their finances because you, what will surprise you is that you already know the answer. Proverbs 27, 12, I better get, stick to my notes. See, this verse introduces two types of people, okay? Two types of people with one, circ- the one circumstance, okay? They've got the same circumstances, two different, two different uh, responses, and two very different outcomes. This is what this verse is all about. And so the prudent, the prudent, okay? It's, a, it's an old word. We don't really use the word prudent, okay? And if you see to somebody on the street who goes, hey, you're, you're a prudent person, they'll probably go, what, what are you trying to say? What are, what are, what are you calling me? What are you calling me? Because we don't use that word. Prudent means to be wise, right? So if you say to someone, you're very prudent, and they, and they, they take offense, and they're not, they're not prudent at all, okay? To be prudent means to be wise, okay? Because it's one thing to know something, it's another, another thing to do something. 
But you know, when I read the, the, the New Zealand Herald and I see our road statistics, it, it, it saddens me that even on Christmas Day, people lose their life. Even on New Year's Day, and people will continue to, uh, to lose their life all because of speed. And you know what's, what's crazy? is the fact that we all know the speed limit. We all know the safe driving condition. It's one thing to know it. It's another thing to do it, to do something about it. And that saddens me when I read, read the paper. You know, too many young people, too many people in general are dying. We know the answer, but yet we don't do something. We're not very prudent. The prudent. See, the prudent, a prudent person lives as if life is connected. That everything is connected. That, that, that the dots are joined together. That, that nothing is isolated. That every relationship is connected. See, the prudent person knows this, and they know this equation, that, that what is happening in the present will soon become my past, but will show up in my future. That's what a prudent person knows. That's what a wise person knows. That that's what, happen, what is happening right now will soon become my past, but has a funny way of showing up in my future. Yeah. See, a prudent person knows this. A prudent person knows that everything is connected. That my present is connected to my past, and it's connected to my future. What you, what, let me tell you something. Like, How many of us, are, are, if, you're, if you're saving for retirement, what you're doing now is going to be in your past, but it's going to come up in your future. If you're not saving for your retirement, what you're doing now will become your past and will show up in your future. No money. The prudent, the wise, they live as if everything is connected. The prudent see danger. The prudent see danger. Isn't it interesting that, that we only see what we want to see? That we only listen for what we want to hear? This is called confirmation bias. Confirmation bias. Confirmation bias is, is that when we're enamored by something, when we're infatuated by something, uh, it's when we, we, we're attracted to something and, and that, that we will like, uh, we'll only look for something that, that uh, we'll only look for something or hear something that will agree to something that you've already agreed or you've already decided for. And we filter out everything else that whether there's any warning signs, we'll filter that out because we don't want to see it. Uh, people come up, give you advice and you filter that out. I want to hear that. Because you're just enamored by, you're infatuated by something. So much so that you, you have this, you, we, have, we start to look at things with this, with this confirmation bias. And we, we do this with our Bible sometimes. We open up the Bible, we have this confirmation bias, and we begin to, to read into the Bible that's not even there. We, we don't want to see other verses. We want, I just want to see this verse. I, want, I don't want to hear what this person is, is, is talking to me, a good friend is saying to me. Because we're, in, we're, we're attracted to this idea, and we, and we don't want to hear, hear anything else in the contrary to what I want to see and what I want to hear. Now, the prudent, now the prudent person will do something. This is what sets a prudent person apart than everybody else. Does, he, does anybody here want to be prudent? If you want to be prudent, if you're prudent, this is what sets you apart to everybody else, okay? Everybody else. The prudent will listen and they'll begin to see what they desperately don't want to listen to or they desperately do not want to see. 
and they take appropriate action. That's what the prudent does. They will listen to something that they don't want to listen to, that they've tried so hard not to listen to. They will begin to see what they've tried really hard not to see. They've desperately, look, I don't really want to see it, but I'm going to look and I'm going to see this thing happening in my life. I'm going to listen to what's going on. I don't want to see it because I'm so enamored by something, but I don't want to see the truth. But a prudent person will listen and see and take appropriate action. In fact, the verse goes on and says, the prudent see danger and take refuge. Now the refuge, the word refuge in, in Hebrew refers to a scout of an army, a scout of an army that goes ahead of the army and then it sees danger. It sees danger ahead and it comes back and it, and it gives, relays the message back to the general or, or to the army and then the army takes appropriate action. It gets into defensive mode because that's the appropriate thing to do when danger is coming your way. That's what a prudent person does. It sees danger and it does something about it. That's what a prudent person does. It begins to see something that they don't want to see, that they've tried so hard desperately not to see. They've got their blinkers on, and because they're so enamored by something, so infatuated by something, that they can't see anything else. But, but a prudent person takes away the blinkers, and it begins to see, oh, yes, they see the dangers. Because a prudent person knows that everything is connected. In view of my hopes and dreams, in view of my hopes and dreams, I'm going to do something today because it's going to be very soon going to be part of my past and it's going to show up in my future. In view of my hopes and dreams, I'm going to do something now because now is better than later. Amen? So the prudent, the prudent sees danger and takes refuge. But the simple, keep going and pay the penalty. Now the word simple In Hebrew, it can be translated as the naive. It also can be translated as the stupid. The naive and the stupid. Has anybody ever done stupid mistakes before? (laughs) But the stupid keep going and pay the penalty. The naive... You know, none of us ever says, well, you know, this is what I, this is all what I, this is what I hope for, and I really one day hope to be a simple person. I really hope to be one day to be naive. I really hope to be one day to be stupid. That's, that's what I really aspire for. No, none of us say that. And yet we seem to buy things that we don't need to buy with money that we don't even have. And we seem to get into relationships that we know that we shouldn't be getting into relationships right now. So the simple, the naive, the stupid, they keep going. Pay the penalty. And it's, it's kind of, when you read this text, it's kind of like King Solomon is saying, it's like they see danger ahead, but they're like, well, it's all the way down there. It's, I'm going to keep going because I'll wait till, it, I'll wait till I get there. Then I'll do something about it. Oh, you know what? 65 when I retire, that's all the way down there. I'm going to just live it up. I'll, I'll, I'll wait till when I get there, I'll sort of, you know what, I'll, I'll start eating. I'll start eating. You know, this is when, I was about, when I was a teenager, I said, you know, when I turn 30, I'm going to start eating right. I turned 30. I was like, when I'm 35, I'm going to start eating right. And then when I was 40, I said, like, man, I better start eating right, you know. 
Because the, the stupid just keep going. Some of us, we've got to think about our health. What are we eating? I was talking about uh, having a great conversation about pies the other day. After a while, I'm starting to look like a pie. Because if the simple keep going, I will pay the penalty. Like, I want to be around to see my grandchildren grow up and get married. But if I'm stupid, if I'm naive, and I keep living the lifestyle, eating all those pies, and keep going and not being wise about, about the way I eat food, then I won't see that happen. And I'll pay the ultimate penalty. And another, another idea around this is that, that Solomon is saying is that, is, that, that, is that they don't even see trouble coming. Because they're so desperate not to see, so desperate not to hear, they don't even see trouble coming. Have you ever talked to somebody after they've had a train wreck in their relationship or in their finances or in their academic studies and they're like, I just didn't see it happen. I just didn't see it coming. Because they, 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 they desperately try not to listen or look. Or maybe they did see it coming, but they said, well, you know, I, I just didn't think it would happen to me. Or maybe you've given advice to someone and they're still, they, they listen to advice and they go, no, nah, that's not going to happen to me. I disagree. It's not going to happen to me. And then a year later, it happens to them. Prudent. See danger and take refuge. But the simple, the naive, keep going and pay the penalty. And you know what's amazing about this, the paying the penalty? It's avoidable consequences. Avoidable consequences. It means it, could have, it didn't need to happen. If we saw danger coming, now is the time to act. Now is the time to act. When you're going through a divorce, isn't the time to start working on your marriage. When you're 65, isn't the time to start saving for your retirement. The night before an exam isn't the day you start studying. And we say that famous student prayer, don't we? Lord, help me remember all the things I've never studied for. You know, my most favorite quote, I love this quote. I've got lots of quotes, but I've quoted this many times in this church. And it's simply this, do something today that your future self will thank you for. Do something today that your future self will thank you for. When I'm 65, I'm strong enough to hold my great-great-grandchildren, or my great-grandchildren, great-great, oh, wow. I'll be cool if I can hold my great-great-grandchildren. If I'm strong enough to still hold my, my great-grandchildren, because I've got grandkids already, praise God. I want to, you know, I, I want to thank my earlier self for, for slowing down on the pies. <laughs> Come on. If you're just entering university, it's one thing to know something, it's another thing to prepare. Just because you're starting university doesn't mean you've already got the degree. Do something today that your future self will, you know, oh, well, you know what? Oh, well, I, I know I had bad study practices, but this is 2019. Come on, everything's connected. Because what you do in the past has a way of showing up in the future. Yeah, I know I, I shouldn't be into this relationship. Well, that was that relationship, but it's not gonna happen in this relationship. Come on. Everything's connected. Well, that happened in this town, but I've moved to Hamilton. It's the city of the future. It's not going to happen here. The prudent see danger and take refuge, but the simple keep going and pay the penalty. 
do something today that your future self will thank you for. I remember a young person asked me about KiwiSaver. He said, oh, you know, I was just trying to think, how much should I pay? You know, should I do 2%, should I do 4% or should I do 6%? And they asked, they asked me for advice. The only advice I gave them was their quote, do something today that your future self will thank you for. What will the future you thank you for? That you started on 2% or 6%? Because the, because the, because the simple, they don't see everything is connected. They just see, that they live in the now. They live in the now. And my past is my past. That's it. It's not connected to the future. That's the simple. That's naive. So how do we be people? How do we be prudent people? Come on, you know, we're not, we're, none of us are immune to this. We, we make, because how many real smart people have made dumb decisions? How many dumb decisions have you made? None of us are, are immune to this. Not even pastors. I know, I know pastors who have made dumb decisions. That's right. <laughs> they made U-turns and that's just... <laughs> we're not immune to this. There's three things that that we need to do. Number one, action. Action. You gotta do something. Don't just hope something. I hope my, my marriage will come out okay. I hope my relationship will be okay. I hope my finances, I hope my studies will be okay. Don't just hope something, do something. Don't just pray something. We're doing 21 days of pray, prayer. 21 days of pray. Don't just pray something. Come on. The, the moment you see trouble ahead of you, God's job is done. God's job is to show you the trouble that's ahead. It's your job to act appropriately. It's your job to do something about it. That's your job. God's job is to show you, and that's it. That's your job. You prayed, you asked, here it is. Do something about it. You want a better education? Do something about it. I just hope for better study practices. Do something about it. And the second thing is sacrifice. There's, there's a relationship you need to sacrifice. Some of you are in a relationship that you shouldn't even be in. You need to leave her or you need to leave him. Sacrifice. Or maybe there's a car you need to, you can't even afford the car that you have. It's time to give up the car. Sacrifice. Maybe it's your reputation. Maybe you need to sacrifice your reputation. And the third thing is relief. See, no one ever, no one ever said, oh, well, I'm, it's so bad that I've taken refuge. No, no one ever said that. When you take refuge, when you see trouble coming, when you get out of that relationship, when you stop going over to that person's house, when you stop going out at night, when you take refuge, you begin to live a life of relief because the prudent see trouble coming and they act appropriately. But simple people, they just keep going and pay the penalty. Here we go. You're waiting for this prayer. Come on, Pastor Ants, what's the prayer? This is the prayer. This is the prayer. Teach this prayer to your children. 
pray this as a family. Maybe for the next 21 days, pray this prayer every day. Or better yet, pray this prayer for the rest of your life. The prayer is, it's a simple prayer. (laughs) Simple prayer. It's a prudent prayer. It's a prudent prayer. Heavenly Father, help me see trouble coming long before it gets here. Help me see trouble coming in my marriage long before it gets here. In my finances long before it gets here. With my children long before it gets here. In my study practices long before it gets here. Heavenly Father, help me see trouble coming long before it gets here. And give me the wisdom to know what to do and the courage to do it. It's one thing to know something, but it's another thing to do it. God will answer this prayer. He answers this prayer. How do I know God answers this prayer? How do I know He answers this prayer? It's because some of you in this room are reluctant to pray this prayer. And the reason why you're reluctant to to pray this prayer is because it's going to force you to begin to see something that you don't want to see. It's going to force you to begin to hear what you don't want to listen to. And you know what's scary? You already know the answer to this prayer. You already know the answer. So between you and you, between you and you, no one else has to know. Just between you and you. Come on, pray this prayer. Between you and you, can you see the trouble that's coming? Do you see it? Because if you see it, God's job is done. Now it's your job to do something. Let us pray. Thank you, Father, that you're loving God, that you're personal God, that you love us so much, Lord, that, that you're for us. Lord, help us to see trouble coming long before it gets here. And Father, give us the strength. Lord, give us the wisdom to know what to do. Father, and the courage to do it. I really get a sense in my spirit. There's people in here, you need the courage. There's something that you need to leave. There's something that you need to stop doing. But you haven't got the courage. So Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray, pray, Lord, Father God, to release your power to leave, release, Father God, your wisdom, Lord Father, and your spirit. Go before them. Father, right here, right now, we commit ourselves to you in Jesus' name. 2019, Lord. Looking forward to this year, but we know that 2018 is still connected to 2019. Lord, we know that if I had bad study practices in 2018, I'm still going to have it in 2019, unless we do something about it. Father, I also know that if I've got bad financial practices, it's going to happen again in 2019, unless we do something about it, Lord. Father God, help us in our relationships. Help us to do something. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said.